Welcome to Across the Margin, the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Shields. Across the Margin, the podcast is a proud member of the Osiris Media Group. Head over to OsirisPod.com and check out all the podcasts they have to offer, the live events they got going on, and a whole lot more. That is OsirisPod.com. I'm thrilled about this episode here today, one where I get to present an interview with musician Chris Forsythe. It isn't hyperbole to describe Chris as one of rock's most gifted improvisers. He got his start in Brooklyn's experimental circles in the early 2000s and promptly grew into a masterful technical player. As the band leader of Chris Forsythe and the Solar Motel Band, he composed mostly instrumental pieces that channeled both the psychedelic jamming of the Grateful Dead and the precision of art punk guitar acts like television. Whether with the Solar Motel Band or on his other solo projects, Chris sources from an extensive pool of influences from psychedelia, folk, noise, classic rock, and beyond, melding the varying influences into Chris's own brand of cerebral improvisational rock. His latest album, the focus of this episode, is entitled Evolution Here We Come. It's a largely instrumental album and a powerful and driving work of art. Featuring contributions from Douglas McCombs of Tortoise, Marshall Allen, Sun Ra Orchestra, Steve Wynn, Linda Pittman, Tom Malik of Garcia Peoples, Ryan Jewell, and co-produced by Dave Harrington of Darkside. Evolution Here We Come is seven sprawling sonic journeys that exhibit just how talented of a guitarist Chris persists as. I love this. I want to share this. This is what Matthew Spector wrote about the album. Evolution Here We Come is a record about the unpredictability of the future, a fact made explicit in the title track's lyrics about skeleton keys and secrets hidden in the clear light of day. But it's also about the plasticity of the past. Because, as the record pays additional homage, both musically and verbal, to various other ghosts that haunt its corners, account Sonic Youth, Credence, R.E.M., and others, it becomes clear that while the future remains uncertain, and the end may actually be near this time around, Evolution Here We Come sits where Forsyth always seems to summon us deep inside the all-time present, which happens to be the only thing we've got. It's not the world we were promised, but it might not be the one we most dread exactly either. A record like this might make us feel lucky to be alive in it, poised for whatever happens next. So in this episode, me and Chris discuss how music from the 80s and bands such as ZZ Top influenced Evolution Here We Come, while talking about what it was like co-producing the album with Dave Harrington. We talk about how Chris was able to get Marshall Allen on the album, what it means to cover Richard Thompson's you're going to need somebody. His forthcoming tour with Meg Bayard and a whole lot more. It was a thrill to talk to Chris. Truly one of my favorite guitarists. I'm going to let this track behind us go a little bit. This is uh, this is the first track off the album. It's called Experimental and Professional. And it will lead us right in to my interview with Chris Forsythe.
great. Thank you so much. Really appreciate you uh, making the time. Yeah, sure. Definitely. So uh, I love the album. It's really great. I, uh, I, I've loved the whole last slew of your albums. They're really fantastic. I, uh, they get a lot of burn on my tables. I think I've listened to um, People's Motel Band uh, almost more than any record that I have. Uh, it's just, oh, cool. Yeah, it's so outstanding. But this new one's really, really great. So I'm thrilled to get a chance to talk about it. Um, if, uh, I'm ready to dive right in if, if you are as well. Sure. Let's, Let's dive. So I want to uh, I want to talk. Um, I'd like to get a little feel about the kind of the the ideas behind the album, and um, and I want to ask about the title to start because I think it has something to do with it conceptually, or maybe kind of the intention of the album. But I was curious, what does uh, evolution? I got some thoughts on it, but evolution uh, here we come. What does that speak to to you? You know, I suppose it's some way of trying to make sense of the world and. Uh, there's many competing answers flying around, especially if you happen to have a little pocket computer that you open up now and then and check in on what everybody's opinions are. A few of uh, us have those, yep. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of, there's, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a line from uh, the television song, Marquee Moon, which is, uh, mm. um, look here, junior, don't you get so happy? And for heaven's sake, don't you be so sad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I try to think about that a lot. Uh, just in terms of trying to keep an even keel, and it's, uh, it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. But you know, the one thing that I am sure of is that um, there are forces beyond us that will be that'll keep that'll keep spinning, you know, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> what that looks like, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, so there's a few different levels. There's like the big kind of macro level out in the world. Like, you know, people have not been here. People have been here. will probably be here for a long time longer, but maybe not forever. Who knows? And, you know, the natural evolution of the world will take care of that. But then also in my own life, I'm also trying to evolve a little bit myself, you know, uh, just grow, just keep growing and keep kind of not being or, or trying to not be you know static or stuck yeah yeah and then also just with the music i'm trying to make it evolve grow and change, change you know i mean like i you know i i i think about you know spontaneity and as being a really crucial part of creativity uh -huh. and yeah. even within that it's easy it can be easy to kind of get stuck into patterns and you have to keep pushing out and um so you know to try to try to find some new territory so yeah. i'm always trying to do that and you know with this record specifically a lot of things changed uh, i had been making you know studio records for the past 10 years or so with a lot of the same folks mm -hmm. uh, including some who are on this record as well but like you know i stopped having kind of like a regular band mm -hmm. and i wanted to just kind of mix some things up and like try different approaches and so you know there's different musicians on this record uh, I wanted there to be, uh, I wanted to uh, emphasize kind of concision mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as opposed to sprawl. Yeah. And uh, even though these songs can definitely sprawl out when we play them live. Absolutely. And um, yeah, and then also in working, I worked with Dave Harrington as co-producer and he mixed it, which was a huge thing for me. Like I, I'm usually the last person the, the last person leaning over the mixing desk at every minute detail and i was yeah. like maybe 
maybe it would be good to give up some of that and let some let someone else's voice in a little bit more so yeah yeah um i'd want to definitely want to talk about dave and what it was like working there but you did talk about kind of some of the changes and 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 i think about the sonic changes here because it's there are these kind of cosmic explorations that that you really excel at and you with your bandmates and you know there's also been a lot of like past 60s and 70s psychedelia in there but we kind of step into uh into a different era here and there's a lot of 80s influence in the album sound and it's, it seems very intentional i've actually heard you talk about it but so that is something um you know you you wanted to bring to the table some some of these i mean the first uh song to just get into it is uh titled from a zz top song uh it's from beer drinkers and hellraisers that song is experimental and professional which really kicks off the album but so uh, bringing in some 80s influences was really the intent here right well i suppose so um i i wouldn't go so far as to say in my in my own sort of mental approach that i was like hmm, i want to make it more 80s I, sure. I i was thinking about sort of uh the on the concision front i was thinking about sort of you know power pop concision and mm. a lot of that stuff was kind of you know new wavy so maybe it sort of leaked in that way um i mean i, I started I, I on the last record this is like a recording nerd or guitar nerd moment but <laughs> on the last record i started using um a roland jazz chorus guitar amp supplementing like a a fender amp on all the guitar tracks and that's a super 80s amp i mean that that's like that's like the amp that defines like the sort of 80s 80s guitar sounds um and so i think that got turned up a little higher in the mix on this mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on this one then like it's on the last record all-time present as well but um i think it's maybe a little more tangible yeah um so yeah it's it's not like i'm ever thinking like oh i want this to sound 60s or 70s or 80s but um i'm also not running from it either those i have influences from all those periods you know yeah absolutely so there are these um you know very distinct verses and changes on the album and i'm curious because improv has played a lot of uh, a big role in a lot of a uh, lot of a lot of your work you've done i think first flight is that, i mean that's all pretty much improv right yeah completely the whole thing so this one i mean uh, i was just curious how much improv does have to play with it and kind of you know how 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 it came to life in that way because it's obvious that uh, that a lot of it isn't well i always think that uh as a goal i i like to think that the, you know the best compositions should sound improvised and the best improvisation should sound composed you know yeah. like like at the end of the day, when I think about like another a synonym for improvisation could just be like making music because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. at some point it's invented. And I always like I to like try that. to I try to like find that moment as often as possible. Mm -hmm. So actually, Experimental and Professional is a good example. So on the one hand, that song, like many of the songs on this record, actually even it's got like an it's got like, I guess, four parts in it. It's got kind of like an intro mm -hmm. and then it's got like a like a kind of verse like an a part a turnaround or chorus like a b part and then it's got a bridge in it but mm -hmm. um so it it has kind of like a conventional song structure even though the song's like nine minutes long or something but that song is almost entirely improvised <laughs> like wow. i mean wow. we had we had the landmarks but yep, yep. we did okay. it in one we did it we did it in one take mm -hmm. wow. um <laughs> uh, it was the last thing we recorded for the album and it was uh you know the the 
the last couple hours of the last day that we were in the, the, the tracking studio and we were like, shit, we got to get this done. And it was kind of part of the plan because I knew for that song to take off, it would need to be kind of charged. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. when we play it live, it, it often is and, yeah. you know, get, also goes longer uh, at, at times. So, you know, like there's it's there's a couple of refrains and there's the chord structure but like everything else within that is kind of like okay guys like like just do whatever yeah. like let's just let's just put the ball in the air and keep it in the air you know yeah. uh it's like that's cool i like that yeah, combo I, mean, I like yeah. you know, and you feel it now that you mentioned that in that way you definitely you, you you know you hit those areas where it does feel you know like there, there was an you know uh meaning uh, or it was set up in that way but between it it's it's it's, it's sprawled out and then yeah it's improvised like a basketball Harder. game. You know, yeah. every basketball game has four quarters. They're all the same length and whatever. There's yep. there's a structure to it. But what mm -hmm. happens in the game is yep. like That's could be it. anything. Yeah. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about Dave, because I think it's really fun. And, and and you alluded to the fact that there was a little bit of a kind of control given over to. I was curious what it was like working with him on this album. You worked with him <laughs> before. But also, I know he relocated to the West Coast recently. Um, that kind of must change the dynamic a little bit where you kind of you guys working on it here and then sending it out there and and, and Dave adding his touch. It kind of happened in two, well, three phases. Uh, the first was I got together with um, Doug McCombs on bass, Ryan Jewell on drums and Tom Malik on guitar. And we rehearsed and did a couple gigs and then rehearsed a little bit more. And then we went down to Richmond, Virginia, where we did all the basic tracks at a, That's where it was recorded, Richmond. Yep. Yeah, at an excellent studio there called Montrose Recording. Mm -hmm. And um, so we did all the basic tracks, and and I had I had talked about, you know, I'd been in touch with Dave about this, and and this was all kind of, uh, you know, he was in the loop from the beginning. But we did all the tracking. I did a bunch of overdubs out mm -hmm. here in Philly and in New York, and got some other people involved. Recorded all this stuff. <clears throat> And then actually I went out to with Ryan and Doug went out to L.A. to play a couple of gigs out there. And I guess October and um, and went out a day or, day or two early and just hung out with Dave. And we like listened through the rough, like rough mixes and just mm. listened through what the material was. We didn't like get granular or anything, but we just kind of listened to the tunes. And he and I talked to him about what I thought about it. He talked to me about what he thought about it. And then um, and then I went home. And then, you know, when he got a window of time to kind of focus on it, he just got under the hood and he did all the mixing mm. himself. And he would, you know, he would send me versions. And sometimes I was like, perfect. Like there was a couple of other ones that kind of, you know, uh, required some more revisions or kind of wrestling through just normal stuff. But yeah, it was made sort of <clears throat> in a way kind of remotely. And when, and I was not there for any of the actual mixing. So like, yeah. I have no idea what he was even doing a lot of the time. And, and I, and I got a lot of surprises back, which was yeah, what was I was, cool. which is what I was hoping for, you know? Yeah. He's adding in, you know, overlays, different, different guitar pieces, I'm sure. And that must've been exciting to get back. Yeah, he, he, played lot, work he, played a, he played a lot of keys and percussion, yep. added some guitar, some pedal steel, awesome. um, all of that kind of like, I, I mean, the thing that I um, hear the most that he added is there's just kind of like a surface to it where those mm -hmm. like electronic pulses and like, um, you know, he he is very adept at sort of 
letting the performance be the performance and sort of uh uh what's the word like uh intervening <laughs> at times like with the studio yeah and then like so it's like there's this this intervention and then it kind of it's back to sounding like the band and then you know these pulses and electronic sounds and drum machine and, stuff and texture yeah so yeah it, it, it i was super pleased with how how it came out for sure yeah that's cool so we've i mean talked... meaning by you know dave's contributions his contributions of course of course the uh you met we've mentioned them a little bit but i got to talk about this band that the players on it are amazing how did you get to know um doug from tortoise how did how did you start playing with him i don't know the story there yeah uh we i met doug probably around i don't know it must have been eight or nine years ago um when i it's funny i played a gig at the empty bottle in chicago with uh as at the time it was chris forsyth and the solar motel band mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. and um the bottle just ha added doug as like the opening act like doug did a solo set and i'm at the okay. time i remember being like that's weird <laughs> like why is why is doug opening for me, for me yeah. but uh, uh and we just I, we just hit it off you know we just became we just uh became friends and like um and then, uh, you know, every time I'd go back to Chicago, we'd see uh, each other. And I have a, we have a lot of mutual friends. Mm -hmm. And um, and at a certain point with the Solar Motel band, it was, you know, I, I try at the, this is going back maybe five years or so. Where the membership, it started as the idea of, of it being like a band. Mm -hmm. And then it sort of gradually splintered until I realized it was just me and whoever I could put together to play. And, um, you know, there was some some gigs that uh, I was like, oh, I should just ask Doug to play like he's he's the best bass player. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and uh, so we did some gigs, maybe three or four years. Well, geez, add, add two or three years for the pandemic. So that was I don't know. Yeah. Three, four years ago. Time, we, man. We, did, we did. We did some gigs and mm -hmm. then we were supposed to do. Also, right before the pandemic in like late March early, uh, into April of 2020, we were supposed to do a tour that set like a lot of people sadly got canceled. But for me, it was going to, it was kind of a big deal. We were going to do like, I don't know, 15 shows or something opening uh, for white denim out West Yeah. in like, you know, for me, big rooms. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that the plan for that was me, him and Ryan on drums, Ryan Jewell. Yeah. And we're going to, we're going to do that tour. And then while we had a little downtime in the tour, we were going to do some recording in Portland. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, that's just what we ended up doing you know, two and a half years later, uh, <laughs> after the pandemic, is that we did it, did some gigs and then just went and made a record. Yeah, yeah. You got a nice, uh, uh, you know, Tom, Tom from Garcia Peoples. He's he's quite a guitar player. Real good synergy there. I mean, you hear it. I think in Robot Energy Machine towards the end. That's uh, you got to enjoy playing with with those guys, right? Oh, for sure. Tom is, uh, Tom's like an extra special, uh, alien guitar uh, guy. <laughs> like yeah. he. I mean, I there, I have I have so many anecdotes. One I, about about having because we you know I've done some shows, I've done some tours and some gigs with Garcia Peoples as the backing band. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, so. I would send I would Everyone. I would tell them I would tell them what the set list was going to be, mm -hmm. and uh, and I and I showed up at rehearsal one day and they were all in there playing it, and I was like, I don't even need to be here. <laughs> like they're like they've learned everything, <laughs> and then and then for for this for this record I I. I did, I did make some demos mm -hmm. and, uh, 
there was a couple parts, a couple of areas where I had already kind of charted out some second guitar parts, and there's other parts where I hadn't. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I sent it to Tom, and then he like the week before we recorded, he was like, "Hey, can we can we get on Zoom or something? Because I want to ask you some questions about this." And I was like, "Sure." And he, what he wanted to know was which guitar parts to play because he learned all of them. <laughs> <laughs> He's like again so take like, care of the whole thing yeah i was like this is this uh this is this guy's great yeah, so yeah. um but yeah he's like i mean he's just a great dude to play with and mm-hmm. ultra ultra musical always complimentary like always trying to find another space yep. uh you know and counterpoint and yeah uh just yeah never always playing in a like a supportive then, way like yeah. you know everybody on this record does which is why i love playing with them i mean i always like to think of the band as being kind of like you know mist or like pointillism it's like if you t- like you hear the whole thing um when you when you step back but if you look in real close you kind of sometimes can't tell who's doing what or if you took one piece out it would suddenly the image would collapse but you wouldn't have realized how it was holding things together yeah, in yeah. such a structural way you know yeah i know uh... Yeah, I mean, then Ryan's a freak of nature too. I was looking at the title, "Robot Energy Machine," that just speaks to it speaks to him. I just, I can't get enough of watching him play, and you hear it just he pounds throughout this whole album. It's really, really, really shines. Yeah, I mean, I've, 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 I've mentioned this a few, elsewhere a few times, but the, the, the end of that track, mm-hmm. um, in I was envisioning as being like kind of a fade out, like, I, and and when we play the song live, like that becomes a jam mm-hmm. and okay. it'll go on. And so when we were recording in the studio, we just, we did when we like, you know, like kicked it out for like, I don't know, 10 or 12 minutes. I don't recall it being that compelling of a jam, honestly. And, and I was like, it's fine because we'll just do like a, a fade out and it'll, it'll be cool. Um, but then Dave was like, he saw like, you know, saw a lot of open, and field in front of him there and he really went to town on it and and the thing that makes it work ultimately is that ryan is the ryan is the one who just kind of kicked ass completely so if there's a good rhythm rhythm section there you can put any you can you you got something to work with you know lots to play with absolutely so how'd you get the um the great marshall allen on the album how was how what's the story there i uh called and emailed Mm -hmm. and texted and yep. emailed and uh <laughs> i love it so you got the idea and, in your mind and you pursued yeah and then i mean i i've known those guys a bit uh the him mm. and some of the other orchestra people and and not to the extent that there's any reason for him to particularly know who i am but like i've been around them enough like uh pl- played some gigs with them and um and uh i i was teaching at university of the arts here briefly for a while and had him come and talk to a class which was great but um yeah i mean i you know he's those guys uh are kind of on their own um yeah they're they're on their own calendar so uh, and yeah so it, it was it was a little bit hard to track him down uh and i had to go i went through there's uh, a guy named elson nascimento who's the he plays percussion in the orchestra and he's like the player manager he also drives a drives a cab in new york i learned and mm-hmm. um oh wow and he uh and so i i finally i, I went to see him play 
-hmm. like I'd been trying to get in touch with them and then uh, get nowhere. So then I just went to, to a gig that they played last fall mm -hmm. and went up and chatted with Marshall. And because I, I didn't know who I, I didn't know who Elson was. I was I, it's the person I was reaching out to, but I wasn't sure what he looked like. Right. And so because I hadn't met him before. And so he pointed out Elson and I went and talked to him and he, Elson was like, let's do it tomorrow. We definitely want to do it. <laughs> and so then there was another couple of weeks of let's do it tomorrow until we could find a tomorrow that right. we could do it. on. But yeah, he just came in and, you know, played, right? um, played amazing yeah. sounds over everything. I mean, it's like the you know, ever ready bunny, just like he walked in, sat down in the studio, just started playing, wow. and, you know, and then, okay, we're here's some headphones. Like, yeah. oop, there he goes. He just, he just went off. That's awesome. That's so cool. That was, I was, I loved seeing that. That was on the, that was on the list of players there, but just a ton of great people on it. I want to ask though. Um, I think well, it's great, uh, you know, to hear you behind the uh, microphone a little bit singing a track there, but, uh, you know, it's a Richard Thompson song, which I thought was a, a really superb choice. I, 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 you know, I think he's an unheralded star. I was talking to Metzger recently, and he was talking about he just can't get over the fact that he's not a household name and stuff like that. But I was curious, you know, kind of why you want to cover that song and, you know, what does it mean to have that track on, on this album? Well, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Richard Thompson is, you know, in my estimate, I mean, he's the best guitar player I have ever seen yeah. uh, wow. uh, in front of me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> like, scary, scary good. I, I I understand why he's not a household name because he's kind of like uh, I think it's a lot for a lot of people. There's a lot right. of there's 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 his music's pretty. I mean, musically it can be very approachable and simple, but there's a lot of complexity in the layers of the lyrical meaning, and <clears throat> and uh, uh, you know there's a lot of kind of acidic kind of. Uh, lyrical content this song not so much mm -hmm. um yeah pretty straightforward but but uh but i just love the song um mm -hmm. and i felt like i could sing it like i felt like uh i it felt like the ly the lyrics meant something to me and it also meant something in the in the uh in the sense of the idea behind the record the evolution here we come well, idea because you know the song could there i think ha it stands up to multiple readings. It could be about uh, a person or a lover or somebody that you rely on. It could be about, I think it's a lot. I think it's also about faith. Yeah. Um, uh, so it could be about whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it is in these like trying times that, you know, you, you pull, you need to pull through because we're, none of us are, uh, none of us are solo artists here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. we, we all need other people. Yeah. Uh, in the bigger sense, it so does, or, or a, other, we all need something feel, else. It has a big feel of kind of like generally screwed. You know, they go through so many of the listings of things that like really, really could be wrong. And then I, I mean, it speaks to me in the way that like, how many times do you open your phone, like you were alluding to, or just turn on the news, or just whatever, talk to someone, and you're just like overall like there's so many layers of screwed going on, and just like yes, you know, what's the answer to that what what the catharsis and it's it's it's, it's each other and so that's, that's yeah that's yeah and th and it's also those in the same way that like i was saying like the evolution here we come idea can have like sort of this macro big picture like what's going on with the world yeah. idea as well as like very internal idea the song i think is the same it's it, it can be about just whatever personal struggles you're having with yourself with in yeah. your life whatever yeah. and and the 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 verses in that song just has they have such great images of like 
and there's the, the there's no waste in the lyric in the in the in the language it's just like these very you know um when they locked you in chains and they thrown away the key uh you know these these like great little turns or phrases that are, that are just metaphors for how you can feel uh you know fucked up or strung out or yep. uh, you know uh, stressed about it, about things absolutely absolutely it's it's great it's a great great song so we get to see some of these songs. You have, um, I'm super excited about this, a forthcoming tour with Meg Bayard. Uh, you got some great players on that as well. It's a couple that are on the album. Can you uh, tell us what to expect there? Yeah, that 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 tour is going to be awesome. uh, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, Meg is is, uh, out, is an outstanding singer and songwriter and performer herself. And, and she's an old friend of mine. Um, cool. And so we were talking. I don't know. I sent her the record like I ordinarily would, like just to share it with my friend. And she was like, "Oh, you know, um, we should we should do some. We should try to do something together. Like, what if we what if we shared a band? Like, what if we did a tour where it was you and I, but we just shared a band? Because she's also played with Ryan a bit. Yeah. And her partner Charlie is a great guitar player, and yeah. I've played with them a bit. Mm -hmm. And so. Yeah, we got Ryan on drums and Doug on bass. Charlie's going to play guitar and she'll play a set with them. I'll play a set with them and then we'll probably do something together. So, you know, it's like a little mini, it's like a micro rolling thunder kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, really great talk about the album here. This is cool. I, I love this quote. Uh, I, I think you were tweeting about the other day from John Cale about how your uh, guitar playing sounds like frying eggs. And, I, <laughs> and he took that as a great compliment. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's just, I don't know, your work, your work really means a lot to me. It's just, it's been fun watching you play it, watching, uh, you know, you play with all these amazing, amazing people. It's just really the, 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 the teams that you bring together and the way you guys play together is just really, really amazing. So thanks for talking about it. I really appreciate the time and spreading the word about the album some. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks. Good, good talking to you.
Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at osirispod.com.